Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson. If you're listening to this, then I know you are enjoying the Bumps and Thumbs podcast. In order to continue to run the podcast and get guests on the show, we need support from people like you. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. Once you are there, you'll have options to select from to make a monthly contribution. Your support will help us get on wrestling stars that require financial compensation. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and enjoy the podcast. Do you ever wonder what would happen if, well, if... If you give a dad a podcast. I'm what you call a nerdy fan. I nerd out at this stuff. Hardcore. You'll hear me talk about anime on here. You'll hear me talk about Power Rangers. You'll hear me talk about wrestling on here. Okay. Had an axe handle with a twisted T on it. <laughs> right after that <laughs> twisted T video went viral. And man, they went out and grabbed it and smacked it in the head with it. It was so... That's great. I'd like to think of this podcast as a nostalgia moment for me. It's a show where I can talk about whatever I want. I'm a, I'm a human and I'm a chiropractor. There was a picture of me. It looked like I was on the side of a ramen box over in China. But... <laughs> so I took my kids with me to Comic-Con. I thought that was really cool. Well, I don't know if my wife should listen to this podcast. We'll cut that part out. <laughs> you like, and then Robert said this. If you give a dad a podcast, available now on all podcasting platforms. Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today was actually my first guest on this podcast two years ago. He is known throughout the wrestling world, a legend, two-time world tag team champion, the AWA, known one half the high flyers with Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and a two-time AWA international television champion, just to name a few of his championships. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Greg Gagne. Greg, hey, thanks Brian. for coming on. Well, thanks for having me back again. Yeah. Took uh, two years, but you know what? The two last years? interview must have been not that good. Oh, you were great. You know what? And I saw you last year at Crusher Fest. You and Jim, uh, Medusa, Bischoff, and Kenny J. That was who a good was, Who was the fourth one there? Your friend. Yeah. Who? yeah. The well, we another, had a good another, time. another, yeah, another guy. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm glad you were able to come on today. I know you've been busy, uh, things going on with you, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But I have something here that I want to show the fans from back in the day when you guys, you and Jim, won your titles the first time in 1977. Here we go. Championship. 
Brundell body slam Duncan. Landa. That's it. What was that like for you, Greg? Yeah, I just got goosebumps seeing it. What was that moment like for you? Oh, it was it was unbelievable for both Jim and I. Uh, you know, we'd we'd come a long ways. I don't anybody really gave us uh, a chance when we first started. Yeah, and uh, I know the first first uh, our first big match we had was against Bachwinkle and Stevens mm-hmm. down in Peoria, Illinois. And they put us in one of the smaller towns, see what would happen. And we got there and we were only, I think, let's see, this was 78. So is it 78? No, it was before that, probably 76, somewhere in there. We've been wrestling only for about three years. Mm-hmm. And they put us in Peoria, Illinois, high school gym, seated 4,000 people. They usually drew, you know, maybe 2,000 people. We had 4,000 stuffed in there and they turned, turned people away. And we had a, just an unbelievable match with Bachwinkle and Stevens. Of course, they had Heenan in their corner. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of woke the promoters up around the country. And then the next match they put us with was uh, in Denver, Colorado, with uh, Lars Anderson and Buddy Wolf. Okay. And they were like the number one contenders. And uh, it was in January... And in Denver at that time, we always wrestled at the auditorium, except in January, they went into the uh, rodeo ring, okay. the big building, because the, January was rodeo month in Denver. And we always had a match out there. And I, we had, I don't know, 12, 15,000 people in there. And uh, we knocked off uh, Hainimi and or Lars Anderson and, and Buddy Wolf that night. And in fact, on our way back to the locker room, they jumped us from behind. We got in a big Donnie Brook in the back and by the locker room. But that kind of uh, uh, really catapulted us where the promoter said, well, you know, these, these kids got something going and the people want to see them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Winnipeg was a great city for us. Uh, yeah. You know, a, a lot of them. I mean, we just, we caught on. You did. And, and we had a style that was a little different. Uh, because of our size, you know, we, my dad trained us six hours a day, six days a week for four and a half months in an old barn. And we were pretty <laughs> salty when we came out of there <laughs> and, and pretty, and really ready. Yeah. I think Michael Hayes said it best. He said, when anybody came out of the Gandhi camp, you knew they were ready to rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, you watch documentaries on the AWA and they always say, Vern made stars. Uh, he he trained 144 wrestlers, and only two of them didn't make the main event status. That's a pretty good that's record. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's an amazing I mean, They always record. talk about Stu Hart. Stu is another one that that trained a lot of a lot of professional wrestlers. Back in that day, there was actually Vern, Stu Hart, Eddie Graham, and uh the Funks were basically the ones that really provided all the promoters around the country with the talent. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Vince McMahon never trained anybody. <laughs> no, not that he took from everybody. He though. took from everybody. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that match was amazing. I actually, 
I remember that as a little kid when it came on TV, uh, when they showed it on the Minneapolis channel, uh, WTCN, I think it was, or WTCN. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was jumping up for joy. I still remember it. I mean, I was probably seven years old at the time and, wow. uh, yeah, I just that's why. I, and for those of you that can watch and see, I'm wearing my AWA shirt. Yes, you are. And, uh, you know, I've been a fan since I was a little guy. So, but I also want to talk about now, you know, you've done a lot of things in professional wrestling. And now you started, you and uh, a gentleman, Steve Rosenthal, Rosenthal started a, uh, a company called Power Town Wrestling. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, uh, Steve was the first uh, action figure. He, he worked with Remco Toys. And back in the 80s, uh, he actually, uh, he, he was from the New Jersey area. And his son one day said to him, hey, Dad, you know, you do all these other action figures. Why don't you do wrestling? So he actually went in and met with Vince Jr. Uh-huh. And uh, had a deal with him. And Vince wanted to change some of the, the terms of it. Mm-hmm. So he went back, rewrote the contract, came back and said, uh, you know, that's not right. And uh, I need some upfront money. So uh, Steve rewrote it again, went back a third time. And Vince uh, wanted more money. Oh my gosh. And he had to go back to Remco. So Steve said he was into him for about a hundred grand. And the last time he went back, uh, as they sat down to close the deal, Vince threw a magazine at him and he said, do you know these people? He said, yeah, I do. They're competitors of mine. He said, well, I just signed a deal with them. Oh my gosh. So Steve was pretty upset. Remco was, you know, on his tail a little bit. And he, 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 he called Vern, came into Minneapolis, cut a deal with us. And uh, Remco was the first company that got wrestling action figures on the market. Yeah. And Steve ran with it for about seven or eight years, did really well and retired. And a few months, well, almost over a year now ago, he called me on the phone. He said, hey, you want to get back in the action figure business? So <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so he ran it by me and I said, well, I, you know what? If we're going to do that, what I'd like to do is go back and give the people that never had the opportunity to get involved in that mm-hmm. and really tell the history a professional wrestling when it started on the network TV out of Chicago in 1950. Mm-hmm. So he thought it was a great idea, ran it by some other people on the board. They thought it was fantastic. And uh, I started getting on the phone and trying to dig up families of Yukon yeah. Eric, uh, the mighty Atlas, hard boiled Haggerty. Wow. You know, Wilbur Snyder, all the guys from that era that really started network TV, Lou Thez and Vern were the two big stars. Yeah. Lou Thez was the NWA champion. Vern was the U.S. champion. And uh, Vern used to tell the story that, um, you know, they didn't know how strong TV was. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he got called. We were, in, we were actually living in Tulsa, Oklahoma in a trailer. He wrestled his first match in Minneapolis against Abe King Kong Cashy. He won by disqualification, but the promoters told him he was too small and uh, sent us to Oklahoma. You know, we get, my dad got a trailer and my mom, dad and I drove to Tulsa 
And uh, his first week there, he won the light heavyweight, uh, junior heavyweight championship, NWA. Okay. And then in 1950, he gets this call from Fred Kohler. He said, Vernon, we'd like to bring you into Chicago. And, and uh, we're going on network TV. So they flew Vern in. He's tell the story. So I get in the locker room. And I got about 30 guys in there. And Fred Kohler's going over. And now we're going on network TV. And Vern, here's what we want you to do. We're going to dress you up as a Martian and lower you from the ceiling into the ring. And Vern said, well, the hell you are. He said, look, at I was a big, I was a high school champion, state wrestling champion, big 10 champion, NCAA champion, wrestling on the Olympic team. I got my tights and my boots. If I can't make it in wrestling with those, I'll quit. But I'm going to go down to the ring and the guys can come in one, two or three at a time. And if I can't beat them all, I'll quit. And nobody got in the ring with them. So he wrestled with his tights and his, his uh, wrestling boots and, um, you know, became a, became a major, major star yeah. in wrestling in 1950. Uh, international star. I mean. Yeah, he did. I mean, uh, you know, he, had a, <laughs> he was on the old Howdy Doody show, Art Link Letter, yeah. Jack Parr, The Tonight Show. He did, he did all of them. He, he, he was really even though Lou was the NWA champion, Vern was the one that was getting, getting, you know, all the uh, notoriety. And I think that uh, from what I understand, like Vern was one of the first, was really the first wrestler to promote vitamins, products. Uh, yeah. One of the first anyways, for sure. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, you know, across the country, and it's it's pretty amazing. You look at those old clips with the the Ganya, the metrics, the Ganya powder, yeah. the vitamins. It's 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 quite amazing for that for that era, you know. Yeah, it really was. And he, um, you know, I I actually, you know, I was a big growing up a big baseball fan. Mm -hmm. The New York Yankees, Mickey Mantle, and you know that whole crew that was in there: Whitey Ford, Elston Howard, and. Um, I remember in 1957, the Twins were playing here in Minneapolis. Uh, they just kind of kind of came on board, and the Yankees were playing here. And my dad used to tell me that you know, when he went to Washington D.C., he would sit on the bench with Casey Stingle and the and the Yankee players, and then go out with some of them afterwards. And I was a big Mickey Mantle fan. Yeah. So I went into the. He took me down to the locker room. And when we got in there, I couldn't believe, here's Mickey Mantle, Whitey Ford, Elston Howard. They all came running up to my dad. You know, and I'm looking at these guys as my heroes. And here, it, that's when I first realized that, man, he, you know. Yeah. He's something special. Yeah. And he, he really was. He was a great guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your, uh, the power team again, if we can. Okay. Now I, got, so, I got Steve up here. So tell us a little, you told us a little about Steve and, and getting into the business. So, and you talked a little bit about getting Steve these guys. Still looks good. He's in his late seventies. Yeah. Looks fantastic. Works hard. Yeah. So he called me, you know, and I said, well, let, you know, let's, let's, let's do it this way. And he agreed that that would be, he ran it by his people and he thought it'd be fantastic. Um, I needed somebody from wrestling though. I was with all these, you know, guys that built the toys and mm -hmm. toy manufacturers. And uh, I needed somebody to help out. 
And I had been talking and brought on board uh, Terry Allen, Magnum TA. Mm -hmm. And the more we talked, I said, God, this guy, he thinks the same way I do. We have the same passion for wrestling and what we want to do for the people who really built the sport. You know, yeah. families of Yukon Eric and Hardboiled Haggerty, uh, Don Leo Jonathan, you know, that era, they never had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I go back even to like Nick Bachwinkle, his poor wife, Darlene, Nick passed away. She's in her late 70s and she's still working yeah. to, to provide for herself. And wow. here's a chance for us to give back to those people that built this industry. And T.A. was all excited about it. And we brought him on board as a partner. Yeah. And him and I have been handling all the wrestling part of it uh, and uh, guiding him through it. Uh, we've got uh, Hot Spots is going to do all our uh, – I uh, uh, went blank here. Uh, they're going to do all the, the – uh, when the, well, when the toys come in, distribution. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I knew you were coming. With a chair or something, bring it back to me. <laughs> uh, they're going to do our dis distribution. They're working on the website right now. The website should be up, and we plan on kicking off on September sixth. Oh right wow, after Labor Day. Okay, about a week or two before on social media, we'll start hammering it, and uh, we've got the six, the first six figures done. Okay, yeah. There's going to be different areas in this merchandising company. We're not just doing action figures. Yeah. But but to get everybody, and we've got almost 200 former professional wrestlers, managers, ladies, wrestlers on board. Okay. We want to make sure that they all have an opportunity to, you know, have some income coming in from this venture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm sure they appreciate that, too. The elite, the elite. Uh, the, the elite uh, action figures. The mm. first six we did. Yeah, I'm going to share it right now. Okay. We got this guy here, Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. Yeah. We got. We actually started. We did two from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So we got Vernon Luthez. Okay, I can go back here a little bit. Let oh, me you can you can do it this way. I'm sorry. I'm... No, that's all right. I got. There's Vern. Okay, so what we did, we took Vern how he looked in 1950. Mm -hmm. He still had hair. Yeah. That was yeah. the jacket they wore. The belts will be available with the, with the package. You know, him and Luthez always had a towel around their neck. Those will be a part of it. Okay. Uh, so we got Vern and Luthez from the 50s, and then we got you Stan. Know, then we moved into Stan Hansen and King Kong Brody. Okay. Uh, and Magnum gets... TA yep. and Kerry Von Eri. Those are our first six. Yep. Those are the elite ones. We're also going to have another bunch. Steve, uh, Steve got tied back in uh, with Remco. Okay. And we'll be able to do 144 miniature ones. So everybody gets going right away. Wow. So we'll have an elite group. And those, those we, can only, we can only get about 6 to 12 out at a time. Yeah. We've got some uh, other thing, uh, companies that are interested in working with us with video games. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's uh, it's really it's it's getting it's getting big quick. Yeah. And we're just trying to uh, and and thank God, you know, everybody on board has been patient. Yeah. We've been at it for over a year, but it's September sixth to kick off. Oh, okay. Good. September sixth. We'll so coming up. Yep. 
Good deal. Um, I was going to ask you about that. So is it going to be on a website or how is the website will be a power town where wrestling lives on. Okay. And they're just, fi- they're finishing up that site here in the next week. Okay. Or so. And then, uh, like I say, two weeks before the sixth, we'll start our, uh, social media campaign. And, wow. uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of podcasts and everything and getting yeah. everything ready. Matt Cardova. I know, you know, Matt, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've been really helpful with us and done a great job. Yeah. And uh, everybody in the wrestling industry is pretty excited about it. Yeah. I mean, Except maybe people that are still running AEW and, and, uh, yeah. and uh, WWE, but. Uh, I think the wrestlers are excited. I, I know fans are. And, and because, you know, we didn't, even as a kid, you know, you had, when you had your Remco action figures out, uh, but they didn't have those legends of Luthez. Vern, Crusher, Bruiser, all these guys that, you know, shaped, you know. They shaped it. Yeah. And and Angelo Poffo. Yeah. You know, uh, it's Randy Savage's dad. Yeah. And we've got him and Lonnie on board, and we have the availability for uh, even doing the Macho Man with them. Wow. As Randy Poffo. Yeah. Uh, You know, and uh, we've we've done a lot of of groundwork and – you know, putting these families together, yeah. I was spending anywhere from oh, seven to 12 hours on the phone just about every day. Yeah. And uh, and then that's when I brought TA, in, TA on board. He jumped in and it took a little of that off, but he's been very good on the business end of it, good. helping structuring everything uh, yeah. like with, with high spots and, and, and all that and getting everybody on board here and all going in one direction and getting that engine started up and get it, yeah. get it moving. Yeah. I met TA well, probably about four years ago now at NWA 70. Uh, heck of a nice guy. Um, oh, terrific. Guy. Been, been through a lot with his, it was his injuries oh. and such, but I mean, a heck of a nice guy. Oh, yeah. uh, very guy. down he to earth. Wrestled. Yeah. He only wrestled six years and he got in that car accident. Yeah. They were grooming him for the NWA champion. Yeah. Yeah, he would have did uh, good with it too. Square. Yeah, he would have been the man for yeah a while. You know, it's unfortunate. And we talk about it a lot, and he's he's still you know he uses the wheelchair a lot. Yeah, uh, he gets around. Uh, he just a just a really great guy, and yeah. really understands the business of professional wrestling. The two yeah. of us together, mm-hmm. uh, we think we make a pretty good team, and yeah. I, I think. Uh, uh, Steve and his partners or our other partners, they all agree that this was a, this was really a good addition to our, to our team. And these figures and the, and this type of what you're pushing is, is way overdue. It really is. And, and I know it takes money and it takes time and it takes people that are, that want to do it, but money's probably the biggest thing from. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can only imagine the the cost yeah. for just yeah. the the molding and the and the production of of them. But well, just these elite figures, uh, each one costs about ten grand. Oh my gosh! You know, so you know, we want to wet them different and yep. better. I mean, you'll you'll see in them like Luthez is taller than Vern, mm-hmm. Brody's taller than Hanson. Okay, uh, 
the bodies, the robes, the belts. I mean, we, yeah, I mean, they look great. I mean, from, be, we see them right now. I'll, I'll put them back up again, but they, they look fantastic. They look, they look real. You know, I'm going to share it with you right now. Can you, can you see? Well, yeah. Look at, look at the detail on that. And you sent that to uh, Lacey Von Eric and she thought it was fantastic. Yeah. It looks just, just like him. And does same thing. He looks. Yep. That was Lou in 1950. I mean, and Magnum, look at, I mean, yeah, it, it's just amazing how these guys look. Stan Hansen here, yeah. uh, your dad in the 50s. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Well, I'll tell you, Barb Goodish, Brody's wife. Yeah. She flipped out on it. And everybody that has seen that one, you know, yeah. he had a messed up forehead. And yeah. It's pretty, pretty, uh, you can see it. Let me put it back up for you. I, I know what you're talking about. Let's go back. Yep. And he, uh, there he is. Look at that. Ah, it's, it's detailed. There's a little, little bark. There it is. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, that that face right there is, is yeah. you know, the, the two people that do this, uh, you worked for uh, the McFarland group. They did okay. all their action figures. And McFarland is like the number one. Mm-hmm. action figure company in the world yeah and uh these two gentlemen came on board with us and they've done just a fantastic job yeah yeah it's yeah it's i think people are going to really get really you know it's a little funny because you know we, we did a lot of they spent 14 hours on the phone with uh uh collectors around the world mm-hmm. and they kind of told us what they would like and that's what we're kind of making yeah you know, the guys, they used to call them jobbers. We call them the guys that built the champions. And we've got about 22 of them on board. Good. And we're going to Frankie DeFalco and Jake the Milkman Milliman and Tom Rocky Stone, the oh. Monkey Brothers, yeah. uh, George South. Yeah, you know, good, good. In their regions, they were, they were on TV more than we were. They were on every week. Mm-hmm. And they became as famous as any of the other wrestlers, but never had the opportunity mm-hmm. to have something like this done for him and really never had the opportunity to, uh, you know, indulge in the bigger paydays in professional wrestling. Yeah. And they, they busted their butts and they were always there and to do TV and willing to do whatever they had to do. Mm-hmm. And so we are honoring that crew of people. Yeah. Johnny Rods is another one, you know, Johnny Rods, yeah. huge in New York. Yeah, huge. And, uh, those they deserve something yeah. like this. So we are doing that, and we haven't forgotten about the ladies either. Good. I was going to ask you about that. Oh yeah, Rock and Robin, Medusa, uh, uh, Judy Martin, and Betty Grable, and you know, going going back. Yeah, Nona Littleheart, uh, Princess uh, Victoria, Velvet McIntyre. Good. And uh, you know those ladies—they they deserve. They busted their butts as they hard did. as any of the guys did. Yeah. And uh, and we are even doing some of the little people. Ah, excellent. Nobody's ever done them before. It's been hard to find the families. Yeah. Um, so we've got a, we've got a few that what we're doing is, if we can't find the family member, we're going to keep whatever their sales are in escrow form. 
in an account that's going to collect interest and hold it for five or 10 years. If they don't show up, then we'll, we will uh, pass it on to the families that need that help. Oh, that's great. That's, that's, that's good to hear. That's, I mean, that's what this is all about. That's yeah. why we get involved because we yeah. want to help the people that really not never had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they're, they're, you know, their dads, their husbands, Yeah, they put a lot into this business and a yeah. lot of time away from home. Yeah. And a lot of them, a lot of those families are hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we were at Crusher Fest last year, you know, one of the guys that was there was the sod buster, Kenny J. Yeah. And uh, just a wonderful guy. Uh, oh, talked to him and, and his wife was there. They showed us that, that book they yeah. made. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, his whole family was just wonderful. George Scrap Iron Kadaski was another big, you know. Yeah. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal personality. Yeah. Uh, but they deserve to be recognized. They do. And they they do. have been, and that's what we're doing. I think they're underappreciated. I know, yeah. I mean, guys like me, you know, if you're over – 45 years old or, you know, 50, I'm 51, but you remember those Kenny yeah. J's, Nacho Barrera's, yeah. Tom Rocky Stones, the Moki we try, brothers. We try to go into each region where, yeah. you know, and, and get a few out of each region that yeah. were really notables. Yeah. And uh, the Moki brothers, I've never, I never heard of them, but they wrestled on oh. the East coast. Yeah. And they, they became them and George South. Are, you know, they're huge. Yeah. So, many, so one of the collectors said, you got the monkey guy. How did you get them? Yeah. Yeah. They were big in Atlanta, uh, at, you know, on TV, every week, TBS on Georgia. Mm-hmm. They were, they were really every week, the monkey brothers, monkey mania. Yep. That's Mokey great. Mania, yeah. Monkey mania. I was going to talk to you about um, another thing. You remember our last discussion, this was a couple of years ago. Now you were training a young lady. Yes. Uh, how did that go? Are you training anybody else now or any prospects? Uh, I've got, well, it's Tiffany Stratton is her name. Okay. Uh, Jessica was her, is her real name, but they changed her name down at the WWE. Okay. Uh, she went down there for a tryout. Uh, and uh, I got the word back that she was a horse. And I told him, I said, she was a, <clears throat> she was on the U.S. Uh, Olympic uh, junior team for five years excelled in that then she went into weightlifting her first year set a world record on on the weightlift uh, the i think it was a clean and press she did wow and then after a year of that she went into cross training she won that so a friend of mine knew her parents and she wanted to get into wrestling and i took her and put her in the ring and trained her and uh they call her tiffany stratton and they they love her down there good i've got another one going uh tyler johnson He's going down, I think, at the end of the month here for a tryout. Good. And hopefully uh, one or two other ones that uh, I've been working with a little bit. Well, I know you've been tra- uh, training people for years, and they always seem to get in that right path. So kind of yeah. like what your dad. We do it old school. Yeah. <laughs> we well, like your dad, burn. you know. We, uh, and when I run the camp I, or the training I, sessions, I try to. I don't do six hours with them, but I do, you know, two or three hours, sometimes four with them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're learning the proper technique, mm-hmm. balance, leverage, 
the whole the whole thing, you know. Yeah. And so when they when they go down for a tryout, whether it's with AEW or WWE, fundamentally they're sound. Yeah. And and that's what I told them. Everything else you can learn, but if you can learn your balance, your leverage, and you can learn holds and counter holds, even though you know everything now is flipping and flopping, I don't teach that. Yeah. But I teach them the basics. I said. The other stuff will come if you have the basics down. Yeah. I, I had one kid. He's been uh, in the ind- independent uh, for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. And he was flat-footed and pigeon-toed. You know, they were sticking out. And I said, you're never going to make it. Why not? I said, you don't have very good balance. You're going to get hurt. So I got him up on his toes. And within two or three weeks... He, he looks like a pro now. Good. You know, just those little things that help you as an athlete be able to go in and compete and not yeah. get eaten up. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know, and that's the thing that I think a lot of guys, and I'm not saying, I think back to the old days, like with your dad, you, Eddie Graham, those guys, when they taught those fundamentals, you know, nowadays, I think they don't – and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I haven't been to a camp. I can't say. Yeah. I just see what I see on television. I don't see the same type of technique that you saw in your era. Even in the 80s and into the 90s, it's, it's all right. changed. It's all we, – we, You look back at what built the WWE – they took the top, he grabbed the top talent out of every promotion. Yeah. And that talent was all trained the hard way. Mm-hmm. It came out of the Hart camp, Stu Hart's camp. Yeah. Guys came out of there, they were ready to rock and roll. Came out of Vern's camp, they were ready. They came out of Eddie Graham's. They went through Mats- Matsuda, who did the training down there. Yeah, down Florida. And yeah. it was hard, grueling, but everybody learned technique. They learned bounce. And learn how to respect the sport. Some of the kids today, uh, I, I, I'm a little hard on them. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to take that. They can't handle criticism. They all want to be told how great they are. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you're looking for that, don't come to me. Because I'm going to train you the right way. Yeah. You're going to respect the sport. You're going to respect how hard it is. Yeah, and you know they see it on TV and they think, "Oh shit, I can do that." They go in there and do a couple flips and flops and think they're, you know, the next great thing. Yeah, but uh, they've lost a lot of it. Uh, I I'm I'm starting to see the WWE uh, going putting a little bit more wrestling into it than they did before. Yeah, I I think too that. Yeah, because a lot of it now is the interviews. They're in the ring for 20 minutes talking. Oh, God, yeah. Instead of, you know, and I miss that. Back in your era, you come out for maybe, I don't know, two, two minutes. minutes with Gene or Roger Kent, whoever. You went to the ring. You did the match. They called the match. It was, you know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever, 20 minutes, whatever your match was. It wasn't five minutes like it is now. It's five minutes. Yeah. They're done. Uh, they go shower. Uh, well, you know, when they do uh, the, I've heard, this is what I heard lately. The average person 
lasts about eight seconds watching TV. That's their attention span. And then they're clicking the channel. Yeah. So what they've, they've had to create the wrestling now where it's constant action, so they're not turning the channel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back in our day, you had to be able to wrestle. Yeah. You had to be able to get in and out of holes. Yeah. Today, you have to, and they call it sports entertainment. They do. And, I mean, it's, it's all action. It's like watching a, you know, I went to a movie the other night, Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. My girlfriend took me there. She thought it'd be a great movie. Yeah. It was nonstop action, but killing. I've never seen so many people killed in a movie, not even in a war movie. <laughs> and it just, you know, and you wonder why our society is so screwed up right now. Yeah. Young kids, that's what they're watching. Mm-hmm. They're playing these damn video games, you know, and they're, yeah, they're shooting do. people yeah. and they become oblivious to it. Yeah. That they don't think it's, you know, it's not real to them, I think. It's, I mean, I'd like to really have somebody do a study on the video games and the people then that are committing these crimes. Yeah. It's, re- it's yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, like my grandson, we had our grandkids this summer here. I didn't know you were grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> hey, Gramps. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, so we had them, but we'd had to limit <clears throat> their time on the yeah the video games and stuff. Well, that's because their mom wanted to too. But yeah, it's just it's totally different. And yeah, I just I miss the old stuff. I think they're starting to come back to it. I know, like NWA, uh, the Billy Corgan. Yeah, Billy is a big. They're start they're they're doing that. They do an interview for maybe a couple of minutes on their little platform like the old days, and yep. then they go in the ring. Yep. They don't do this 20 minutes of sitting in or staying in the ring for talking trash and someone comes out and beats them up and then they leave. No, it's it's the way it used to be, and that's what well, Billy I Billy likes that. I've I've talked to Billy a couple of times. Yeah. In fact, he has a lot of um historical things from my family oh wow that's pictures good. and stuff yeah and we've talked and and he, that's what he's so big on he wants that old school wrestling mm-hmm. yeah and you know <clears throat> it's a little farther for him to get going because he doesn't have a national tv show but uh yeah. he doesn't have the wherewithal you know the the backing financial yeah. backing yeah. to sign people to big to contracts yeah i think he's got three or four signed but you know it's coming out of his pocket yeah and that's uh, the bad part is that he could he could i mean the finances like you said is the big problem is yeah i think he was on a roll really good in 2019 to 20 until covid hit and it kind of just yeah. <laughs> it hurt him quite a bit yeah it hit, he hit a brick wall and not not his fault but you know, he's got some good talent he does. He, just, he, he, need, he needs the opportunity to, to uh, get himself on a national uh, TV contract yeah. with somebody. And, and the problem is, is the money it takes now to get that going. Yeah. Yeah. Unless the TV is paying you for it. And when you don't have, you know, 
to the TV people today, the stars are the people that are on the WWE and the AEW. Yeah. And it, it takes time to develop people mm-hmm. when you're doing the style Billy is. Yeah. Uh, but that's why he needs a, he needs uh, somebody to get behind him, a network that would get behind him, help right. fund it, so he could sign, you know, maybe 10 or 12 good performers uh, that can really get in the ring and, and do what we used to do. And right. I think you could, I think you could capture the people back again. Oh yeah. I want to believe that maybe I'm wrong because, no. because our society today, everything is boom, 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 boom. They want action, action, action. I, I don't think you're wrong at all. In fact, I think that's what people want. I think it's just pounded in their heads like everything else in society on the main networks, they pound their narratives. Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to, even though most people probably think the opposite, uh, it, it's just, that's what they're pushing. And and that's yeah. unfortunate that, but anyway, I, you know, I hope Billy well, gets we're, it we're, going. We're hoping that we're uh, going to be able to do documentaries for uh, most of our people. That'd be great. That's I am looking goal. so forward to these action figures. I am. I already told my wife, I'm buying the first six when they come out. You know, I said I'm buying them. You know, well, you know, you see, go, you'll be able to go online and we'll take orders. Okay. Uh, once the website on, on uh, September sixth. Yeah, I got it. Well, it better up. be up on that time. That's what they're telling me. Uh, you'll be able to take orders, pre-orders, and hopefully. We're trying to get the first figures out by Christmas. Okay. It might be the week after, but that's when they'd be delivered to the people that are buying up front. Uh, and you'll get a little discount, I think, on buying up front. All right. Well, you can count me in. I can tell you that. And the people that are probably listening to this or watching this are probably going to buy it too. And I'll put it down in the description uh, below when the podcast uh, drops, which will be this coming week here. So Right. So well, you'll have time to do your social media and hopefully you'll get a lot of orders. And yeah, so a couple more questions and we'll let you go. I know you're busy. Right. So uh, other than the power town and the, the training that you've done, was there any other projects you've been working on or things you're doing? <laughs> Getting a new house. <laughs> okay. Well, that's. No. <laughs> I've been in this one for 40 years. My wife passed away almost four years ago. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And it's just, it's too much for me to handle. Yeah. But when I, I've got a really low interest mortgage on this one. Ah, okay. And boy, when you go out there and look, I'm downsizing and paying more than I'm paying now. So it's really, uh, it's tough, but, uh, you know, that's, I got, you know that, and I'm helping these these uh, these kids. Uh, I, I I I was down. I don't know. I, I got I got tested five times for COVID and didn't have it. But I was down for 15 days. I lost 10 pounds, and, uh, and my doctor gave me a Z pack, and that didn't help. Three oh, days wow. later, he, he says, "Go to the ER. You must have pneumonia." So I go to the ER, and the gal, the nurse, the doctor comes in and. Says we're going to do an X-ray. We're going to take some blood. Make sure you don't have a blood clot and see if the lungs are full. And we'll give you a COVID test. I said okay. So she did all the blood work and all that. She comes back an hour later. She said, "Well, you don't have pneumonia. Your lungs are clear." 
I said, you can hear my chest rattling without putting a stethoscope down there. She said, I know it. <laughs> she said, you've got wow. to have COVID. So she said, I'm going to, you know, I'll check on the test. I'll be back. Comes back 45 minutes later. She says, you don't have COVID. I said, well, what the hell do I have then? I feel like I'm dying. She said, I think you have a summer cold. I said, a summer cold. I can't breathe. Oh, man. And she said, well, she gave me a prescription, took that. They can still hear my voice. This is this is like six weeks now. Yeah. You can hear <clears> a little bit, yeah. Quit shaking. But I got something. Yeah. It's just old age. <laughs> yeah, we all get our, you know, bumps and, and all that stuff. When you get older, it's more yep. susceptible, so... All right. Well, hey, Greg. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you for coming on so much. And, uh, you know, how's your viewership coming? Oh, it's it's good. I got uh, over 300 subscribers on this channel now. And um, mm-hmm. we're building. You know, I got my good. little store trying to sell a little some product, you know. But uh, we're we're doing good. So, but uh, Well, good luck with it. And anything I can do to help you out, let I, me know. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Greg Ganya, go to that website. I'll put it on the description for Powertown, September 6th. Powertown, where wrestling lives on. Where wrestling lives well, on. Hey, we've also got announcers. we got Marty O'Neill and Gene Okerlund, and we're working on a couple other ones, Gordon oh. Soley and that. You know, and, See? And, yeah, we're, we're learning bringing, the whole scoop we're here. We're bringing everybody back. That Good. meant something to professional wrestling. Great. Well, wonderful. Thanks again, Brian. Thank you, guys. Thanks for watching. If you're watching, if you're listening, thank you. And we will talk to you soon.